Well, good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to Coffee and Devotions. This is where every day you and I, we get together. We have a little bit of coffee, we get into God's Word, and we grow in our love for the Lord together. In this year, Lord willing, 2022, we only got two days left of this week, uh, well, the work week. We're going to end First Thessalonians. <laughs> Uh, I got some feedback from a few of you. Please feel free to shoot me a text message or write it down in the comments. What what should we do next year? Uh, do you want to start at Genesis? Do you want to just continue on and go into Second Thessalonians and see how far we can go? Uh, do you want to do one of the major prophets, minor prophets, historical books? Let me know. What would you like to do next year, 2023? It's right around the corner, so I need to figure this out within the next couple of days because I got to start working on it. Uh, so let me know down in the comments, what would you like to do next year? I'm leaning towards starting in Genesis. Well, let's have some coffee. We'll pray and we'll get to God's word. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for this day. What a blessing it is to get to open our Bibles and read in a word that we can understand, in a language that we know, and that all that is necessary for salvation is plainly taught to us. Lord, we pray that as we read your word, that your Holy Spirit would teach us, open our eyes, soften our hearts, that we would see, hear, know, and believe. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, beginning at verse 12. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, beginning at verse 12. And I urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly. Comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, and be patient. See that no one renders evil for evil, but always pursue what is good, both for yourself and for all. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Well, we need to ask ourselves, A, what's this about? B, what's the best verse to summarize this? And C, what are we called to do in response to these words? So Paul is wrapping up his letter here. We've only got one little section to do tomorrow. And as we look at this, we realize that he has some kind of final exhortations, the things that he needs to tell them, things that he wants to command them, stuff he wants to encourage them, little pithy sayings. He's, he's talked about how their relationship is in Jesus, how they're waiting for Jesus to return again, the hope that we have in Jesus, and now he wants to leave them with some practical things in their lives, how they can walk according to the Spirit. And so the first is regarding the church, right? Specifically the leadership in the church there in Thessalonica, right? They, in verses 12 through 13, I urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem very, them very highly in love for their work's sake. 
be at peace amongst yourselves, right? There's there's this this tension sometimes in the church between the leadership and the laity, and it shouldn't be, right? It shouldn't be the case. The leadership ought to love because they are God's people, and they have been placed by God as the shepherds of God's people. And this isn't something that's only here. You know, if you flip over and you went to the book of Hebrews, you would find in the book of Hebrews there. There is the idea that uh, of honoring the elders in the church because they labor over your souls. But you can do it in a way where they, the leaders go, these, these people here in the church, right? Or there's a way in which there are some people, man, I am just absolutely tickled and rejoice uh, that I get to be their shepherd. Not everyone's like that, right? There are some people that it's difficult to shepherd. I know I'm difficult to shepherd. I know my pastor had to tell me some hard things, uh, and I still have men in my life who tell me hard things. Thank the Lord for it. But the point is, is that respect those people who are laboring over you in the Lord, right? Give it, they're, they're worthy of respect. And so one of the ways in which we live at peace in the church is recognizing the leadership of the church. Now, I'm not talking about a type of blind, dumb leadership that lets guys get off with you know, hurting people and being all sorts of sorts of narcissistic and stuff like that and living gross immoral lives and not being truth tellers, fattening themselves at the sake of the sheep. That's not what this is talking about. But in a general way, right, do we honor those who labor over us? And then in verses 14 through, uh, really 14 through 18, this, this is talking about how is that peace accomplished between people? Right? How is that peace accomplished? Well, verse 14, now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly. Right? So if you have people in the church who are unruly, out of control, they just don't man, they they just not living lives according to the godliness of Christ. Speak up to them. Love them. You know, I'm so thankful for people in my life who have told me, hey, you got to chill out, buddy. (laughs) uh, This is not good what you're doing. You need to exercise some self-control in this area. Do it in a loving way, right? But confront those who are unruly in the church, who are always seeming to push boundaries and, and get in fights and uh, are just generally not following what the Lord has said, admonish them. I, this takes courage, and you could do it in a way in which you will win your brother or sister over, and there's a way to do it in which you will just come off as a legalistic snob. Most people don't like being confronted, but confront people in love, admonish them who are unwar- unruly, warn them. Comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak. Do you see those in the church who are faint-hearted and who are weak? Uphold them. Comfort them. Go give them a meal. Just go sit with them. Call them on the phone. Shoot them a text message. Send them a card. Pray with and for them. There's a reality that... in a lot of churches, people come to church and this idea is that somehow we, this is where we put on our happy faces and everything is okay. Go read 
two-thirds of the Psalms, and they're laments. And this is a hard life. People die, jobs are lost, finances go awry, children leave the faith. What do you do? Your husband gets laid off, your benefits at work are decreased. What do you do? Right? Well, we're to lament with each other, care for one another, love each other. Right? That's what this is talking about. Be patient with all. Right? Have long suffering. You know, not everybody is as likable. And to be honest with you, I'm sure there's many people who don't like me. I know there's a whole bunch of people in the church who don't like me, and that's okay. Be patient with each other. Suffer with each other. Be okay with each other's proclivities. The Lord is patient with you. Be patient with other people in the church. See that no one renders evil for evil, but always pursue what is good both for yourselves and for all. Right? This is what Jesus was talking about with turning the other cheek or walking the extra mile. We're, we're not vindictive. We don't render evil for evil. Right? But in the Christian life, we're about forgiving people leading them towards the hope that there is in Jesus Christ. Now, remember, a lot of this is coming off of this idea, off of these ideas of comforting people, being patient with people, warning those who are unruly. Right? But at the end of the day, when, when you're suffered harm, are you willing to still love? Are you willing to still care? Are you willing to still watch over and so, in in uh, watch over or pursue what is good, both for yourselves and for all, and then rejoice always. <laughs> now this is hard. Rejoice always. Does this mean put on a fake plastic smile and just act like everything is okay? No, that's not what this is talking about. But have a deep seated joy in your heart. You know, this is really hard. I'm I'm just gonna be honest with you. You know, last week. I was sick as a dog. I mean, hurt to breathe, 102 degree fever, just horrible. And I remembered thinking, how do I rejoice during this? Right? How how do I get over this? How how do I rejoice? And I remember as I was sitting there, I was thinking, Lord, thank you. For Olivia, who was watching over the children, Lord, thank you for the doctors who were caring for me. Thank you for a friend who drove me up to the hospital. There were so many things to give thanks for in the midst of this. Thank the Lord, right? Rejoice always. It starts with cultivating this heart of gratitude and recognizing that every good and perfect gift comes from God. And so we rejoice even in the hardships, even in the trials. Pray without ceasing. Does this mean that you don't do anything else? Well, no, he's just said you got to work, right? Work with labor with your own hands. But this means always having a heart that's quick to pray, quick to pray with and for others, quick to go to your heavenly father, quick to pray about the things in life, quick to pray about what your spouse needs, quick to pray with your children, quick to pray when it comes to thanking the Lord. When you see a beautiful sunrise or you 
get to work safely or there's some type of financial blessing or you know you th- th- find things to thank the lord about rejoice always he's given you so many good gifts when's the last time you've thanked him for toothpaste <laughs> right not everybody has it <laughs> do you thank the lord there's always something to rejoice over Pray without ceasing, rejoice always, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And then lastly, this last section, 19 through 22, do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, test all things, and hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. This is what Paul was talking about when he went to Berea. He went and he told them the prophecies. He told them about Jesus Christ and the words that the Holy Spirit had given him. And they went and they searched the scriptures to see if these things were true. And if they were true, then they accepted them. This is not me going back on what I said about I'm tired of prophecy hour stuff. They didn't, we didn't do, hold fast to what is good, test all things, right? If it, if the test keeps coming back negative, don't believe it, <laughs> right? This is not what it's saying. It's, it's saying, it's not saying you blindly follow all prophecies, but where the Holy Spirit has breathed out his word, we listen to it. We trust it. It's been tested. It's been proven. It's been received. So we hold fast to it. And so abstain from every form of evil in your own life. Do you work in your heart in such a way that you love the things that God loves and hate the things that God hates? This world is constantly trying to sell us a different view of what is good, what is wonderful there's one of the things that i really struggle with with our children is is storylines that are switching the bad guy in stories to be the good guy and it's difficult because you're sitting there thinking how do i explain to our children what's going on here how do i show them who is good and who is evil so they might learn to love what is good Test in your own heart. Are you loving the things that God loves? Those things that are good and right and pure and just and holy, of good report and praiseworthy? Or are you loving other things? Well, I think we've done just enough of see calling mixed in with all of this. And B, what's the best verse? Good luck with that. These are a whole bunch of little sections here. Uh, I think I would probably, if I was to underline anything, I would probably underline verse 22, abstain from every form of evil. And I would also be tempted to underline, uh, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything gives thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That's what I would probably underline, but let me know it. What would you underline in your Bible? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that you have given us your Holy Spirit, that you've given us the apostles and the prophets, that you've given us a foundation to stand upon. We thank you for your word. Lord, we pray that you would please work in our hearts, that we would follow after you. Help us, Lord, to be peacemakers, to be lovers of the truth, to be those who are filled with thankfulness for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, may the Lord bless you. May you walk in the joy and peace of Jesus Christ.
and I'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's message from God's Word for You, a ministry of Sharon R.P. Church in rural southeast Iowa. We pray that the message would be used by God to transform your faith in your life this week. If you'd like to get more information about us, feel free to go to the website, SharonRPC.org. We'd love to invite you to worship with us. Our worship time is 10 a.m. every Sunday at 25204 160th Avenue, Morning Sun, Iowa, 52640. May God richly bless you this week.